Hi everyone, and welcome back for day two of our Long Rest mini-episodes. Today's subject, Thomas. Thomas, you wake up the next morning, and looking around, you see the same attic room that you went to bed in, but now filled with sunlight, early morning sunlight coming in through the window off to your right. And you look over at the other beds, and one of them is empty. Draman has left. Uh, his bed is unmade. And around the stairwell, you see that all of your bear traps have been disarmed and set off to one side. I'm picking up my bear traps. I'm going to go downstairs, see if anyone else is awake. Yeah. Downstairs, you see Draman, and there's Run, and it looks like Run has made some very simple but nice-smelling porridge drizzled over with honey. Lynn, right now, nowhere to be seen, but it has all the appearances of a very cozy morning in progress. I'm going to give a simple nod to run and drumming and head outside and go towards the workshop. All right. You go outside. It's a beautiful morning and the workshop door is again unlocked. Is there anyone inside the workshop? Nope. Awesome. I'm going to take the ring that I stole and just toss it onto the bench, close the door and forget about it. Okay. Very good. Then I'm going to go back inside, grab some porridge. Like the meal that you had last night. It looks, at first glance, to be a small amount. You're used to, to food back in Caton and back wherever you lived before that, which was served in these big, heaping man portions. And they seem to serve smaller units, smaller amounts of food at every meal. But also, like yesterday evening, this fills you up. And though it is plain food, it is pretty tasty. Not, I'm not going to complain. And after that, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to start exploring around in the woods. The woods down here on this side of the homestead are significantly different than the woods that you had to descend through to get here from the much higher alpine meadow. It's actually fairly flat along either side of the stream that runs uh, down the center of this valley. And while the sides are very steep, in the middle it is just gentle woodland. And it is filled with trees and all number of animals, large and small. You see deer, you see squirrels, you see a hundred different birds, most of which you don't recognize. And walking a mile, two miles, three miles away, at no point is any semblance of a path or of other dwellings, other homesteads. It's just pristine wilderness. I'm going to start looking for um, any noticeable like game trails, anything that's like animals have passed through. Like There's a lot of tracks leading through there. Yeah, you see a number of them. This valley is filled with animals, and they crisscross it untold times every day. All right, I'm going to set out a bear trap and try to like disguise it a little bit. Okay, so are you going to go about uh, starting trapping uh, out here? Yeah. So as the day goes on, you find more 
good places or likely looking places and you set down your bear traps and make me a survival check to see how well that goes. 13. You think you do a pretty good job and you have how many of those? Three. So you find three decent looking spots, uh, well traversed and everything. And it takes you, it takes you several hours. You're, you're out there for a good chunk of time. You miss lunch. And by the early to mid afternoon, you're out of bear traps and kind of tired, kind of hungry. You've, you've gotten a full day's work in. All right. I'm going to, I'm actually not going to return to the house this day. I'm going to make a, like a little campsite pretty much in the, like close to the center of where I set up the traps. And then I'm going to eat some rations and wait for the morning. Uh, you doing the whole fire thing, uh, making a fire pit, setting something up, or are you just like, yeah, I'm going to make like a fire pit. Okay. I'm going to try to dig it down so there's not as much light coming off of it. Sounds good. You do that and you, you pass the evening in solitude and it does start to get chilly again. However, with the trees on every side and the the walls of the mountains on either side of the valley the wind down here is much more tolerable than it was up in the meadow and so your evening is not entirely unpleasant there's a root in your back that you're just not able to get off of even even if you take your bedroll across to the other side of the fire pit it still seems to be just you know right there but eventually you're able to go to sleep nonetheless and when you wake up in the cold light of the early dawn, you see, sitting next to the smoldering coals of last night's fire, just sort of cross-legged on the ground, there is Run. And next to him, he has your three bear traps, all stacked up. Disarmed, of course, but it looks like he's just sitting there, gazing off into space waiting for you to wake up. I'm going to just get out of bed, start like rolling up my bedroll. He says something in his own language. It's like everything they said, like all the words you're used to from them from yesterday and the day before. Long and flowing and flowery, and you can't really make heads or tails of it, um, except that it seems like some sort of greeting. I'm going to point up to the sky and say morning. Make an intelligence check. Oh, boy. <laughs> 17. All right. Between your intelligence and his insight, after a couple repetitions, he's able to... He, he nods and says, morning, morning. And he feels, or he looks... You see the look on his face of, like, the satisfaction of a job well done as he has conquered a new word. And then he points down to the bear traps and starts speaking again. And again, you aren't able to follow it in any real sense, but you see from the shaking of his head and the, the look on his face that he is unimpressed with these. And he stands up after a time and he beckons you to follow him i'm gonna follow him i'm natural i'm suspicious I'm okay. a little paranoid about it as you follow him along he takes you to 
where the nearest of your bear traps had been set up. And he's pointing at the ground and pointing at bushes and uh, making these big gestures up and down the valley. And make a perception check for me, please. 17. So when, when he seems to come to a natural stop in this whole process, he looks at you for a moment. And then he crouches down to the ground. And he, he beckons you to, you know, crouch down with him. And then he, he grabs a hold of a piece of twine that you had not noticed before. And he follows it up to a branch and he follows it down. And uh, he, he shows you this trap of his own that he has made that was a moment ago completely invisible to your eyes. He wants you to look at this and see it. And, and he, he points out how the string how it wraps around this piece and how it's, it has tension on it because of that piece. And he wants you to know what's up with this. Make an intelligence check. Four. You don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. I'm going to kind of do like a rolling of my hands motion and say repeat and then point to it. He tries again. And still, you're not, you get that it's a trap, and you see that it was very well laid. You, you would not have noticed this snare had he not physically grabbed it, but you would not be able to make this yourself, and you get that. And so he stands up, and he tells you to follow him again, and together you go to the place where you laid another one of your bear traps, and he, he points to his eyes, and he points down to the ground and points to you. I'm going to try looking for a trap. Okay. And that's uh, perception. 12. All right. It takes you a while. And he's just about to, like, he moves as though he's going to point it out. And as he does, sort of looking in the direction that he might be going, you do finally spot it before he points it out directly to you and again it's a very similar type of snare trap and very well concealed indeed and again he tries he goes through each part all the essential elements of of this trap and he goes through it once or twice and then he stands up and he beckons you to follow again and he takes you to the third place and here he takes out a piece of twine and he hands it to you and then he steps back and he gestures to the surrounding area. I'm going to first look for like any noticeable tracks, like any where there's a lot of animal traffic. You, you know uh, that this is, a, this is a game trail. This is where you would originally set one of your bear traps. And you've noticed that before. So you're familiar with the area. This is the kind of place where a trap should go. And then I'm going to try to imitate... What he showed me earlier. All right. Make a survival check then. 17. All right. You make it. When you're, when you're done with it and you look up at him, he, he's not smiling, but he gives a little nod. And he takes a branch and he trips the trap. And it works. It has caught this, this branch now. And he pats you on the back. By this point in time, it's probably... Let's say 11 o'clock. You've been hiking 
hither and yon, uh, all over the place. And a little bit tired, a little bit hungry. And he starts to walk back in the direction of the homestead. I'm going to follow him. He goes back and you arrive about an hour later. It's lunchtime and another small meal is whipped up and served. And it looks like he's done with trapping for the day. What will you do with your afternoon? I am going to go outside and practice like a few forms, like some few fighting stances that I know. Okay. Just to try to keep them fresh in my mind. And after that, just keep all my knives sharp. And then I'm going to ask Run at the end of the day if he has a bow. I'm going to try to like mime out a bow shape and the shooting of a bow. You you don't have to mime much or ask much because you see that since they've come back in that antechamber, the sort of mudroom, if you will, there have been placed on the wall two bows that were not there when you first explored the house. I'm going to try to mime, like, can I use that? And he nods and he goes into the, to the room off of the kitchen, the one you didn't explore in this house, and comes back a moment later with a quiver and he hands it to you. Thank you. So you're going to go archery practice? Yes. It's been a while for Thomas, so he's very, very rusty. Well, it's an evening well spent. Do you sleep at the homestead again? Yes. All right. When you wake up the next morning, again, Draman is already gone. And it sounds like everyone but Freddy is already awake and doing their thing downstairs. And when you go downstairs, Run finishes up the meal he was eating. And he hands you a small bag, and he gestures for you to follow him. All right, I do. You head onto the wilderness. You see in that small bag, by the way, is a, you know, tiny packed breakfast. And you stop one after another at all the different traps where they have caught two rabbits and a hedgehog. All right. So he is... He is pleased. The entire rest of the morning and the rest of the afternoon is spent with him teaching you more things like these, more more traps, different kinds of traps, how to hide them, and how to how to just be in the forest, how to exist here in a non-amateur fashion, how to really know what you're about. And the days start to take a pattern of waking up whenever you feel like it and setting off into the woods to learn something new at runs instruction. Every day it's a new topic. Some, once he takes you fishing, once he takes you actually hunting, hunting, not just trapping. Uh, he, he does spend some time pointing at like the sun and then takes you out at night and points to various stars and the moon. But that's, that one doesn't sink in too much since it's such an abstract thing to teach without any language at all. Now you're aware there's a sun here and a moon and several stars. And there are a few that you would recognize if you looked again. But the other things, they do take much more easily. And over time, you notice that you're starting to move through the woods more like he does. And where at first, he was stopping every few moments to let you catch up, you're now able to keep pace with him on your, on your hikes, on your trips through the forests and through the mountains and up into the high alpine meadows and down um, almost all the way to the end of the valley. And you, you do start to learn a few words of landscape, nature, and 
you know, the forests and animals and whatnot. And more, even more so, he starts to learn the human words for those things so that your conversations do become more like actual conversations and less pointing and hand gestures and miming and whatnot. But you notice that he's starting to get pretty friendly with you. It seems like he enjoys your company. So I'm in a, like, do I know the word for like home? Yeah. And do I know the word for like many? Yeah, probably. And does he understand like, like, is their number system the same? Like one, two, three. Yeah. All right. So I'm in a like gesture, like near, far. I'm going to say many home and just like count off. Like trying to say town. And he says, uh, place with many houses. Yes. He says, yes. And he says, just a very long distance in in a direction not quite in line with where the sun sets, but near there, just to the left of where the sun sets. Got it. Because I'm going to mime to him and say, uh, like, horses and people like him rode and attacked us. Okay. When we first got here. And he looks puzzled by this. And he asks, who? Uh, names? I'm going to shrug and say they looked like like you, two swords, and there was three of them. Two that, swords. And then I'm going to also he's, like... He, he's looking for the words. And he says, magic nighttime. Magic night? And he puts his hand over his eyes. Yes. I'm going to say like a Freddy a mist, like black mist or fog. Oh, uh, when you were in there, it wasn't a fog. It was just black. straight up yeah, I mean, black. It was yeah, I say, the like, depths of the like void. Freddy nighttime. <laughs> and he starts speaking. And it's it sounds like when they were first introducing themselves to you, which you have learned, their five-minute stories are, they're not quite name. It's almost like a story of introduction that details sort of their most distant ancestor and then several important generations between that person and them now. But this is one you haven't heard before. This isn't Lynn's and this isn't Run's story of introduction. He's telling you of a person for whom he has no other name. And then he he points off in a direction again, this time even further to the left of where the sun sets. And he says... Not as far. He says, many houses, far, person, not as far. And then he gives, you know, pointing in each direction each time. I'm going to try to explain, like, how we came out of a well, and we had, like, gold that helped us float the best I can. <laughs> you can roll an intelligence check for that one. 18. He's, he's not getting it. That's a little beyond... That's a little beyond your powers of communication <laughs> at this point. But he he is worried. And he says, person, like like Dire Beaver, angry, uh, many fights. Yes. And I'm going to say Dramen and then point to like, his, like, uh, like the bark on a tree and say armor took his armor. Um, I'm going to point to my armor. Okay. And that, point to that and say that, that. works better. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't quite getting it. I'm gonna like, point to this. skin. I'm gonna point to like my armor uh -huh. and point to my daggers and say like metal. 
armor they took from Draman. Okay, he he's sort of with you. He he thinks he gets it. That he doesn't look as worried about, actually. He says, uh, victory prize? After he thinks a moment. I'm going to try to convey, like, forced. And he says, but fight. I'm going to say, no, they ripped it off of him. Fight first? No. Draman did not want to fight him. And he just looks confused. Partly in the, he doesn't have the words for the situation. And partly because he's not sure what you're talking about. Uh, and he, he says one more time, if fight, uh, victory prize. I'm going to hand him the da- one of my daggers. And then as soon as he grabs it, I'm going to yank it back and say, forced. And then he points. And he says, but Draman, he gestures on his own body to where Draman's stab wounds are. And so that's after, I'm going to say like, like mime stab. Like stab after force. I'm going to say, like, they, they took his armor, then they stabbed. And he just, he tells you that he doesn't understand. Uh, you have a word for this. I'm sure you've developed some way to indicate lack of comprehension. <clears throat> but he says, person, many fights, many victory prize. So I said, I'm going to try to ask, like, so if we fought them, what, could we get his armor back? Yes, victory prize. Strong? Very. He points to himself and shakes his head and says, no victory. I'm going to point to him and me and say, like, fight? Practice? Where are you now? I'm going to say that we are still in, like, a little bit of a wooded area. Okay. And he says, you, I, fight? No prize. No prize. No prize. Actually, I'm going to hold up. Why fight? I'm going to hold up my old dagger then and say, prize. Okay. And he takes out, he takes out a hunting knife that he, that you've, Seen him use a hundred times. Uh, its handle is made of antler, and its blade is made of very fine steel. It says price. Yes. And he takes a fighting stance. Roll initiative. Is there anything that adds to initiative? Uh, your dexterity modifier. That's a seven. All right. Um, so he's he's waiting for you then. All right. I am going to do an unarmed strike. So I'm going to try to punch okay. him and then grapple if I can do that. Or is, can I just grapple? You can do one or the other. All right, I'm going to just grapple then. Okay. So I'm rolling four strength. Yeah, you're rolling strength. He rolls strength too. Oh, that's a 10. He throws off your grapple easily. And you go staggering back several steps until you back up into a tree and then he comes at you, knife still in hand. And what is your AC? 15. All right. He finds a place not too far underneath your armpit uh, where the there are no studs. And he is able to not stab, but slash you along that part. And you take seven damage. It's a, it's a pretty deep cut. And it... It hurts a lot, but you're not getting any of that ache that you had before when you were stabbed by the strangers in the meadow. I'm going to try to grapple him again. Okay. So he can't stab me. You can still attack in a grapple. All right. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stab him. Okay. Go ahead. 13. You hit. Roll damage. 
That's a uh, six. All right. Um, he isn't wearing any armor. Uh, he's just out there in his normal hunting clothes, and he's doing a good job of staying out of your way. All right. But where do, where would you like to land the blow? I'm gonna try to get him in the leg. Okay. I to try to cut his leg to hinder his mobility. Sure. You get a let's say a slash to his upper thigh and there's a lot of blood and he is limping on that leg now, but he's not out. He's not down yet. Cool. All right. Then I'm going to disengage as my bonus action Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to move into the woods. Okay. He chases you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He chases you into the woods and as you run, he runs after you. He gives chase and manages to stay alongside you as you move. And right before you go to duck behind one tree, he's going to take his knife and try to throw it at you. Gotcha. And he misses completely. Uh, You see it spin off into the distance uh, and land somewhere in the underbrush. And you hear him say something which you're sure is a, a curse or an expletive of some sort, but it's your turn. All right, so I'm still disengaged from him, right? Or you I... are currently running, like, slightly in front of him, but I assume you're still running at this point. You're in the middle of running. So I'm going to just try to hide real quickly. Okay, go ahead and make a stealth roll. The only good skill I have. Okay. That would be a 17. So you are able to find a nice little nook in one of the thicker stands of undergrowth. Yeah, so I'm going to ready a knife. If I hear him get close to me, okay. I want to jump out and attack him. Like, it's a surprise attack. Sure. And you do see him stalking through the woods, uh, looking for you as you peer out from your hiding spot. It honestly seems like he doesn't see you. Fairly soon, he does pass within a good distance. Not enough that you can hit him from where you are, but close enough that you could jump out and get him. I'm going to wait until he gets closer. He doesn't. He actually, as he continues looking for you, he moves further away. I'm going to try to sneak up behind him. Okay, roll a stealth check. 22. He doesn't seem to see you. All right, and then I'm going to shank him. Okay, uh, roll away. Does that count as advantage? Yes. All right. All right, 16. You hit. 13. Tell me how you, tell me how you get him. You're able to get up right behind him if you want. I'm going to stab him in the side. Okay. But I'm trying not to kill him. Okay. As you do, as you get a knife in between his ribs, you are unsure whether or not... Well, he's down. He's unconscious and motionless. Okay, I'm going to now try to stabilize him. Uh, Go ahead and make a medicine check. Twelve. Thank God medicine is not intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, this dude would be dead in the woods. (laughs) A quick examination of him shows or tells you that you didn't get any of his major organs or arteries, and you were able to uh, compress his wound long enough to stop the bleeding. He has shown you 
before what the what the right plants are to use to make a sort of a compress a a block to put in the wound and have it start clotting and you do this and you are confident that he will not bleed out in front of you now after i do that i'm gonna bandage myself up the best i can and then i'm gonna go look for the old knife or the hunting knife make an investigation check four you are unable to find it <laughs> all right i'm gonna go back and wake up uh run yeah he's unconscious yeah i'm gonna go uh gently pick him up and try to carry him back all right we'll say that you can pick him up he's lighter than you thought he was all of these days spent out here he looked very commanding and imposing in these woods but he's not super heavy and honestly not tall at all middle height at best but you're able to carry him out of the forest and you're not too far away from his homestead i'm gonna try to find lynn she's inside she's in the lounge reclining in one of the chairs strumming on a harp (laughs) i'm gonna point to uh me it's a me run prize fight run loss and she has a better understanding of of your language and she can speak it more easily now she's like what why did you fight Uh, practice where's run outside by the door and in just the greatest fluster she throws down her the harp and gets up and runs out the door and yeah there's she screams just a little bit when she goes and finds him and she drags him back in and she asks freddie and uh Drummond to help her get him up onto the tall table and she she cleans the wound. She bandages him up. She does her her small minor magics that you've seen her do on Dramen every single day. And she looks at you and she's like, you stupid? I'm just going to shrug. And she just doesn't know what to say. And before long, Run is conscious again. And she looks at him and she says, well, you you know what she says. She asks if he's stupid too. But... In their own language. And he points at you. And and a lengthy and fast conversation ensues. Yeah. I'm in a, say, like, mind that he can keep his knife. And just point, like, me and him back and forth. Like, we're friends now. He says, no. Victory prize. I'm just Lost. Gonna... Anyway. I'm going to shrug and say, okay. <laughs> Over the next couple of days, Run recovers. And he invites you back out into the wilderness again and again and on several occasions you have uh more fights you have more sparring practices but from the get-go now he says to put the blades away because apparently lynn has forbidden him from having stabbing fights ever again so mostly hand-to-hand and grappling combat, but you do start to get a much better sense of just how to take these, these guys down. And then one day, as you, the pair of you sit on the ground, just covered in dirt and sweat, he, he looks at you and he says, I know, best prize. And he gestures for you to follow him. I'm going to follow him. And he goes back to the homestead along... Uh, Along a similar route 
as you always do, because it's never the same path through the forest twice, you've noticed. But instead of going to the house, he goes to the workshop, and he goes over to the bench where you saw that ring, and he picks it up off of the counter where it still lays. He says, first day, this lost. Next day, here, I know you like this. And he gives it to you. Yours. I'm going to take it to him, from him. And then I'm going to hand it back and say, no, thank you. His, he puts his hands up and he refuses to take it. His friend prize. Okay. I'm just going to pocket it. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening, and remember, we're releasing our last Long Rest mini-episode tomorrow, where we get to follow Freddy around for a while. Don't forget to tell your friends and loved ones, and until then, keep it cool.